Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three CR dot org dot AU, and three CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally Goldner. I'm your host of a show that covers pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender, and I use she/her pronouns. Three CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and we pay respect to elders, past, present, and emerging, and any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander people listening in the land was stolen and never ceded. Also, many much of the language in this program is of a Western or colonial nature, and we acknowledge that there's been ways to express your gender and identify your gender all over the world since humanity began. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show still. Email out of the pan 855 at gmail.com, SMS 61456. 751215. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so or look for posts on Facebook on my page, Sally Goldner or Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. And remember the opinions on this program are strictly my own and not connected to any organisation with which I'm associated. If at any time anything is um, somewhat upsetting or triggering, um, please um, contact Switchboard on 1-800-184-527 as part of the QLife network around Australia for Rainbow Peoples. Earlier this year, Melbourne was graced by a fantastic visitor from overseas, C.N. Lester. C.N. is a non-binary advocate from the UK, uses they-them pronouns, and is also a wonderfully um, classically trained and talented musician, and their music is phenomenal. While CN was here in Melbourne, although somewhat jet-lagged after arrival, I had the absolute honour and pleasure to sit down and talk with them. Um, But the jet lag was helped by the fact that they were discovering that Melbourne's coffee at least lived up to, if not exceeded its reputation. And as a fellow coffee lover, I was very glad about that. Have a listen now to a wonderful chat that I had with CN Lester. I'll just take that off so it doesn't There are lots of great trans, gender diverse and non-binary advocates working around the world to ensure that we hashtag binary bust and (laughs) do lots of great work. And it is my pleasure today to have a chat to someone who recently was in Australia and came all across the world from the United Kingdom. They do amazing work. Um, in the UK, as well as doing lots of other great things, because of course, transgender diverse and non-binary people are complete people with lots of skills. Mm-hmm. And it is my pleasure to welcome to 3CR today, the wonderful CN Lester. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to, to be asked. I'm really lovely to see you again. It is good. It's just under two years since we first met at all. Well, I've got to say it at a wonderful event, the All About Women conference mm-hmm. in Sydney and 
uh, well, we were very sad that we, you couldn't get to Melbourne at that time, but we're glad that you're here now because, um, you know, it's just, it's always awesome to, um, you know, have people from overseas share their experiences, share their journeys with us. And, of course, something that needs to happen very early, very early. And can I just check in with which pronouns you use, if any? Yeah, I use they, them pronouns. So, that, yeah, that works for me. That sounds good to you. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we value people's gender identity. So that's what I'm going to stick with. And, of course, I'm Sally Goldner and I use she, her. At risk of doing this is your life. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's start with right now, and we do have to mention that at the time of having this conversation, you've been in Melbourne around 12 hours. I have, yes. And we make um, every allowance for that thing called jet lag. Thank you very um, much. And probably climatic adjustment because you have come in from a as a, a damp in um united kingdom as i understand yeah, a it. damp gray horrible uh, and now suddenly there are birds singing and, and the sun is shining and i feel very lucky to be be asked here yeah look it is so great to have you here because there is so much to offer so that's the immediate story mm. and you have well, the, the other important thing to try to counter the jet lag and the fact that as of as today you were rehearsing um, pieces madly for some of the um, things you're going to do at um, the Better Together conference. Mm-hmm. But um, I happily found out that you are a hashtag caffeine lover. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, I, yeah, I'm speechless. I, I you know, I, I love great coffee. I've had great coffee in many, many different countries, so I thought that I wouldn't be quite so blown away. I thought I'd be pleasantly surprised, but I have been blown away um, by the quality of Melbourne coffee. I've never had anything like it. So, oh my God, you are all so lucky. I am um, <laughs> going to really struggle to go back to sort of uh, not quite so good UK coffee after this. <laughs> There we go. It's it's called cultural diversity, listeners of all genders. Um, coffee is the universal language. It absolutely is. But we can be beverage diverse. Tea and hot chocolate are welcome. Absolutely. Herbal absolutely. tea. Absolutely. So you, the good thing is that we have got you somewhat acclimat- well, acclimatising <laughs> in various ways to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So we've got, we've got some basics settled. But I really could start by saying... Um, tell me the C.N. Lester story, but we've only got an hour for this show <laughs> at the max, um, or even 50 minutes or so allowing for breaks and other things. So dive in somewhere on any part of your life. I mean, you've had a very rich life, and perhaps let's mm. start with you know what, just any area first that oh you want to God. start with because you are a whole person. Um, I mean, it's well known you're a, a writer, a concert pianist, classically trained musician, amongst other things. So... Um, you know, if you want to, I'll oh leave you God. to pick an area I'm to start just, with and tell us about it. Well, I mean, one of the things which, obviously, I, I came last year. Uh, last year? There we are, the jet lag's kicking in. <laughs> uh, when I came in 2018, it was on a book tour for my first book, Trans Like Me, which is a collection of essays about all kinds of sort of trans and gender diverse issues. So not just sort of autobiographical writing, but looking at things like sociology and history um, and sort of current politics and feminist challenges. And the really exciting thing is off the back of that is my second book has now been commissioned. Oh. Um, I'm not allowed to say yet exactly who by publicly. I can tell you after the podcast is over because we want to wait until we have a book people can pre-order. Um, but the contract's been signed. It's with an incredible publisher I'm so excited about. And it's all about trans and gender diverse history. 
for over 2,000 years, over a 2,000 year period, we're going to do a whistle-stop tour um, based in London. So. Well, you do a, an ultra sort of micro um, sort of milligram sort of tour in Trans Like Me, which is, you know, fantastic enough. That was one good part of it that I liked. And, I mean, there's lots of good trans and gender diverse books out there and I also have a belief that every personal story is valid because it's a person's story there was something I felt that was quite unique or relatively unique about trans like me was that you combined for a particular topic um, in a lot of cases you did the personal and then did what might be called the advocacy and put the two together which I thought was a pretty refreshing approach was that something that just came to mind or was planned it was very planned it was I always sort of figured that I would end up writing a very highly academic book about gender that maybe five people would read and would have a really bad like pun filled name Um, bear in mind the first ever academic paper I gave was boys who sing girls who sing girls like they're boys a history of Castrati and Entrevesti vocal <laughs> song in Western church music. So, like, bad titles are my... I'm not very good with titles. That's why, for, you know, trans like me, the, the publisher picked it. They had a better idea than I did. Um, but when we actually came to sort of pitch the book, and me and my agent, and sort of really think about what book the market needed, there are a lot of really great academic books about gender and there are also a lot of really great memoirs. I'm thinking of Janet Mock and and Mm. Juliet Jakes, you know, fantastic memoirs. But we thought the thing that we hadn't seen on the market is something that combines an academic background and discipline with a more personal touch. And, And that sense of like, you know, here are the advocacy issues, here are the historical issues, but here's how it actually affects us in real life. This isn't just a dusty... Um, academic debate and, and the way that you know people use academic debate to mean not real and you're thinking well this is really real this is you know the everyday um, aspects and, and depths of our lives so that was the challenge really to try and get something that had the, the rigorous research and the intellectual background but said hey wait a second this isn't just sitting in a library this is my life this has been my life since I was a child this is many people's lives many millions of people's lives yeah, you've hit it on the head that I think people forget about, well, um, people outside transgender diverse and I'll say supportive family mm-hmm. members for, um, and good allies forget that sort of thing. This isn't just a debate. It's not just an issue with people's right to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started on individual freedom. Mm-hmm. My heart, I keep my heart rate down. But um, it is about people's lives and mm-hmm. I think that it, that is important. And you've touched, there's three things to come um, out of what you've said, first of all, wow, congratulations on book, getting book number two commissioned. We will much. eagerly await. And the thing is, you touched on the trans history. I think it was a chapter in Trans Like Me mm. from memory, and there was that was pretty rich, gosh. Thank you. Um, because we need that because, you know, there's nothing, well, something, if we're talking heart rate and blood pressure, people say, oh, this transgender thing, it's a new phenomenon, <laughs> and you sort of want to put world wrestling entertainment well I want to put world wrestling entertainment holds on them because that's what I do but yeah. um you know and you just think uh duh going nothing new under the sun people uh, yeah. are people people I mean yeah I, I get oh yeah that that's definitely you know it's right I've seen some people do it right out of spite and sometimes I do that simply because yes when people turn around and go this whole this is transgender fad the, the two words I would love to throw in the sea, transgender fad and transgender debate. Like, it's not... Mm. You can't debate that people exist. 
you know, I mean, you can, you can try, but you look pretty stupid. I mean, they're clearly there. Yeah. <laughs> and, mm. and they clearly have been there ever since humans have been humans. So, well, that, that's right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I'm making hand gestures, which I realise don't come across. But, you know, <laughs> that's right. you look at every culture, every culture and every aspect of time in human history, and people get creative about gender. Well, absolutely. They get creative about everything. That's what humans do. Well, you know, this is true. And, of course, one, well, there's many good resources, but another one out there is PBS's Interactive Gender Map. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to be doing that. When when we finish doing that, I know what I'm Googling tonight. Hit that search engine. That sounds amazing. And I've got to give credit to um, fabulous local advocate, Navoza Zinn, who pointed that one out to me, Mm -hmm. which I hadn't come across. And it's just so good. And it's particularly something important um, that I think relates to the lands um, or we're sitting on one of the land, many lands of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who of course have been on these lands for tens of thousands of years and um, one example of their gender diversity not in every land is sister girls and brother boys mm-hmm. so there is so much of it and I just think to acknowledge that history is rich and I also think it's not only great to just counter the negativity but I think something that uh, I'll go with my gut here is that you know, yes, we need to tackle this, the challenges that we have in our communities, you know, birth certificate laws and mm-hmm. uh, mental health and health services, those sorts of things. But we also need to remember that transgender, diverse, non-binary people are, to excuse the Australianism, are bloody awesome. Yeah. And having that history gives us a sense of, oh, wow, you know, we're not alone. You know, mm-hmm. we've always been here. Yeah. And that's really important as well. Absolutely. And I, I think certainly for me, the more you look at the data and you know we, we talk about sort of non you know non-white western traditions and you start seeing that element in white western history where gender was policed so very strongly that in itself starts coming across as an aberration you know it, mm. it, where cultures within europe sort of diverse cultures queer cultures subcultures were themselves being policed and then the same people who were in authority doing that at home were spreading that overseas as well. And mm. you think, you know, it, again, it really turns that lens around. And you think, well, what's what's gone wrong with your life that you have to start punishing other people for being themselves? And what goes wrong with a whole culture that it decides that punishing people for being themselves is the way forward? It's, uh, it's not healthy. <laughs> no, you know, people have insecurities. I mean, um, you know, sort of to quote Dr. I think it's quoting Dr. Phil. All oh, feelings are valid. Fine. Just don't take your feelings out on people who haven't done anything to you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the trans history is important. Um, but there's now sort of we're into it. There are so many parts to trans like me that, as you say, relate to both the issues of the trans community um, but also your particular life. Um, pull another one out of um, trans like me. Oh, God. <laughs> I think, I mean... Oh, you can. I'm sort of struggling. Oh, here is one. I've just um, I've just finished up my PhD uh, in feminist musicology. Uh, I say just finished up. Uh, I don't know when this is going out, but at the end of January, I have my viva to see if I did in fact pass my PhD or not. So please cross your fingers for me uh, if you're listening to this before the end of January 2020. <laughs> um, and that's something again I find really interesting is that. Um, we were talking so about the Murdoch press and a lot of mainstream press is you keep seeing these headlines of trans versus feminist, trans mm. versus feminist. 
And it's very strange and very weird and something that I've written about a lot, you know, as a, as a transmasculine person, as a genderqueer person, I've always been a feminist, I've always needed feminism, and certainly the, the feminist icons and, and inspirations I've worked with in my own life have very often been trans women, and they've been the most amazing intersectional feminists you could hope to meet or work with. Again, you look at the history of the feminist movement, um, certainly in sort of the US and Europe and Australia, and you see this, and New Zealand, this really rich sort of tapestry of, of trans people of all genders working together. Um, Susan Stryker's trans history has some great information there, looking at the labor movement in Germany in the 1920s and 30s, and trans people sort of being feminists at that point. Um, and I, I think that's really cool. Again, it, you know, going back to sort of trans, trans and gender diverse and non-binary people are awesome. It's just awesome. It's awesome people of all genders smashing the patriarchy and that inspires me and inspires me in my musicological work and inspires me in my performance work. Um, and it's something that I think we could spend much more time celebrating and working together rather than getting stuck in this, again, debate. It's not a debate, it's just this manufactured fight yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah you've, you've got no, you've got the nail on the head. You know, manufactured fight because, of course, elements of commercial mm. media, in particular, but mm. um, sometimes elements even here of our ABC, and I guess it's similar for BBC in the UK. Yeah, the UK media is on a transphobia kick at the moment. Mm. It's been having a, it's been having a lovely time, and it's very strange because it very quickly and very frequently centres it around the sort of it's anti-feminist to, to support mm. trans people um, and it's not there is obviously um, or maybe not so obviously depending on where you're from but there is this sad sort of what's the word I'm looking for um, stream of transphobia mm. in some aspects of feminism and it does have a historical basis particularly in the 1960s so and 70s mm. But what's interesting on the ground in the UK is that there aren't that many people embedded in feminist movements in the UK who are transphobic. There are some, but they really weren't that sort of prominent until the media decided that this was the issue of the day. And now suddenly we have all these people, you know, Mumsnet has been this big thing where people are calling themselves feminists and using that as a reason to bash trans women and yet they've never done anything feminist in their lives. They haven't worked for any feminist causes. Their feminism mm. is literally hating on trans women, and that's it. And there's nothing feminist about that. It's just an excuse to be a bully and feel good about yourself while you do it. Well, look, so much in there it is another form of toxic masculinity. Absolutely. Creating a, Absolutely. a gender hierarchy, um, dumping insecurities rather than face insecurities. And let I will give some empathy. I'm well aware, of course, that women face um, all sorts of you know, negativity for just for being who they are in relation to their gender, but so do trans and gender diverse and non-binary people. Why dump it on other people? Mm-hmm. Let's, as you say, hashtag smash the patriarchy <laughs> together <laughs> and we'd all get further along. But And it, it's that irrationality that is so frustrating because there is that sense of fear, but sadly also, of course, media, particularly mm-hmm. commercial media, thrives on division and emotion so, so much more than unity and um, fact and rationality. Mm. Uh, There's um, been some really interesting 
work done on what emotions cause people to share content online and the emotion that makes people share content online beyond anything else is anger uh-huh. and it's a really good business model if you can get people to share something because they're furious about it you've got it made um and i it's a tough one because i think you know we're all primed you know we we feel outrage we feel disgust we feel like oh my god can you believe this you have to see this can you believe this mm-hmm. um but it's working against us so that's i'm i'm trying to think hard about how we combat these strategies we have so little money and so little reach compared to some of these organizations but we've also got truth on our side and i think we've got to find ways of making that as palatable and easy to share as possible we have truth and i think we have hearts mm. and you know they are powerful and um you know minds can do anything that can be manipulatable but i think that's where we can come come in there and it is frustrating you know we see so much of it in other areas you know the um just the level of spin and fake news is Mm. you know so frustrating on so many angles Mm. and that people can say things and make people believe it and as much as I part of me in one sense doesn't want to dwell on it but I have I would like to ask because you're closer to the the ground on this one and this is the so-called LGB alliance Um, well I mean one of the (laughs) one of the things yeah well again was quite interesting or quite it's very interesting actually they're on twitter they're not anywhere else Mm. you know so so much of this attention seeking that's happening in the uk at the moment they're not really doing anything they're they're raising money and there's been some very good work done on the links between the funds that they're raising and right-wing American backers, ah. which is quite frightening. Uh, several of them have been flown out to America by right-wing donors to protest trans women, but also to protest laws which would hurt all women if they were repealed, cis women and trans women. It's, there's a lot of um, smoke I'm not quite sure where the fire is. They, you see the same sort of six to 12 people mm. over and over and over again. So the LGB Alliance, I haven't seen them do anything apart from raise funds online and yell at trans people. Uh, <laughs> they're very angry about Stonewall, uh, sort of our charity in the UK yep. for LGBTI people, which... You know, famously used to not include trans people. Now it does. Yeah. The uh, head of Stonewall, uh, Ruth Hunt, now has stepped down um, to go on to, to other things. But, you know, she was a cis lesbian who was the first person in Stonewall, uh, sort of top of Stonewall, to say, let's bring trans people in. Let's talk yep. about intersex rights. Let's really make sure that bisexual people are celebrated and included and protected. And she got all of this online hate claiming that she was anti-lesbian for doing so this amazing brave butch lesbian possibly one of the most powerful lesbians in the uk fighting for lesbian rights was told she was anti-lesbian because she was standing in solidarity with her trans sisters and brothers and siblings honestly i mean it's beyond a joke really yeah um so again i think one of the things from the from inside the uk looking outside is i would really love our, our allies and again our siblings 
trans siblings worldwide, it's very easy to focus on the transphobia in the UK at the moment, and I definitely want people to think about it because it's important and it's having it is having an effect. But I would love to see people sharing the stories of the trans advocates and artists in the UK at the moment as well, because we've got some amazing people. Um, and it really saddens me that when they put out like a review for a piece of work or they'll have a new book out or have a, a movie out or something and that gets a fraction of the attention ah. as the latest tweet from LGB Alliance. You know, again, the outrage is easier to share, but for example, we've got two amazing films out at the moment uh, about trans men giving birth and they're gorgeous films and they're you know, up for several awards and... I would love to see that being shared. Well, you know, look, um, you know, it's sort of at the time of our having this conversation, we're coming up in Melbourne to the Midsummer Arts and Culture Festival, mm. and so I'm not sure when I'm going to... Uh, I'm breaking the fourth wall or something here, but <laughs> to our listeners, I'm not sure when this interview is actually going to go to end, but, um, you know, please do tell us about that because this is what we need. I mean, mm. one of the things that's been fantastic in... Uh, Melbourne has been the show Gender Euphoria, which has been oh. sensational and is now going up to Sydney for Mardi Gras. It's not doing a run in this year's Midsummer down here, mm-hmm. which is excellent. But let's get these names out there because we do, you know, we've just, we have to, as we say, we do, or, you know, we have to, we can't just, you know, do what I call toxic positivity and ignore mm-hmm. the nasty stuff. But oh. let's also talk about the, the positive people because a lot of people out here might not have heard of these awesome artists and the trans men and all the rest. Absolutely. Well, the, again, and I, I love that, this idea of toxic positivity because, again, we, yeah, we need to fix the problems, but I think we're also allowed to celebrate the awesome. Like, yeah. it, it has to be a balance. Um, so, okay, I'm going to just... I'm going to brainstorm some, some people that I really love that I've seen. Uh, so these two movies, uh, one is called A Deal With The Universe and that is made by Jason Barker. And another one is called Seahorse, and that is Freddie McConnell uh, in sort of in front of the camera and Jenny Finley behind the camera. And they are both these beautiful, beautiful stories of what it is to be a trans man and to want to have a baby. Mm. And honestly, your heart, you, like, like the Grinch, your heart will grow three sizes watching these movies. <laughs> um, uh, a Deal with the Universe is more, I think, sort of a funnier more irreverent film. I think Seahorse is a little bit more sort of straightforwardly sincere. They're both excellent, excellent films. Um, you know, I cried at both. I'm not going to lie, but in that really good way where you're like, oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe people get to have families and love is so, love is so lovely. You know, that really embarrassing kind of crying. Uh, I highly recommend <clears throat> watching it with sort of friends and families, both of these movies. Uh, and I think they've done a huge amount to open hearts and minds, which is, again, you were talking about, you know, I think we've got heart on our side and these films really do. Uh, I'm thinking, what else have I been really impressed with this year? Um, Ruth Pierce, who is a, uh, she's an advocate, she's a musician, she is a researcher and a sociologist and all these amazing things. Uh, she had her second book out this year uh-huh. uh, called The Emergence of Trans. So it's, like, it's an academic book, but it's not like impenetrably academic. Uh, it is a really cool uh, look at sort of trans culture and how that has been rising. Um, so I do recommend reading that. It's actually at a reasonable cost, unlike a lot of academic books. But more than that, just follow Ruth online because she goes to all the conferences. She does the most incredible research. 
Uh, and then she also has a bunch of really great punk gigs and like death metal and white <laughs> girl. So yeah, uh, so Ruth Pierce is amazing. Um, if you're in the UK, you can't not know Travis Alabanza, I hope, because <laughs> they have just been on this unbelievable sort of cultural rise as a theatre maker and a poet and, and sort of a general performance artist and writer. Um, but they've been travelling worldwide now uh, a little bit more and bringing their theatre show around Europe. So, you know, they haven't been booked in Australia yet. Well, work on it. Do it now. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> do, it. do it now. Yeah, so those are my, those are my three choices for the moment. Well, there's, they're your three choices, but of course you're being modest and humble and not mentioning your own work as a performer and um, musician and all that sort of thing, so I've got to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very kind of you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I, I work as a singer-songwriter and I also work as a classical musician. Um, and actually it's one of my, it's my it's resolution for 2020 is I did three DIY crowdfunded albums as a singer-songwriter, um, so Ashes, Ether, and Come Home. And then I took a little bit of a break because the PhD became overwhelming. Really? And I never would have thought that could have happened. Would, yeah. <laughs> I sort of naively thought, no, nah, I'll be fine. And then it sort of came down to the wire and I was doing the same thing everyone else does and just eating instant noodles and not showering and <laughs> working sort of 18 hours a day before I had the laptop. Um, so I really, I've, I've really missed just being behind a piano and singing and, and making up songs and... Uh, so 2020s, I'm getting back to that. I've got a new album I'm working on, sort of the songs for that. Uh, thinking about how to incorporate sort of different elements uh, in terms of uh, using live recording in my shows so I can bring in some more rhythmic elements and sort of different instrumentation and different uses of like extended vocal techniques so you can do some weird stuff. Um, and I'm getting myself back on the... Uh, back on the horse, I guess is the phrase, because 10 years ago I started out <clears throat> as a singer-songwriter and was resoundingly told by the sort of the agents and managers that I, I sort of got in contact with that they couldn't sell someone trans. I think well, I got some interest from uh, people who said, oh great, we could do a before and after story and sell it to the oh. sun. And it's like, come on, like, one, I've been out since I was 15, so what, you want pictures of me as, like, a 13-year-old? But two, I don't really get the whole before and after thing, because you're still you, you know, you discover more about yourself, and, you know, you can hopefully, if you would like to, find ways of expressing yourself and, and expressing your bodily needs, which are more in keeping, but that doesn't change you as a person, you're... I'm ran I'm ranting now. Obviously, no. people go through change. People go through changes, but you know, I don't. I don't believe in before and after any more than before and after wedding shots or before and after. You know, here is me before I went and started university. I don't know. Yeah, right. or changed hair color or whatever else. Just yeah, you. Everyone, you know, transition is a lifelong thing in terms of just growing and maturing and being human and being open to change. And yeah, I don't, I don't like this idea of an atomic event, but I'm ranting. So basically, the um, 10 years ago, it was quite bleak as a, as a trans musician sort of looking for representation. And then I think about four years, four, three or four years ago, I think three years ago, I started getting more weird job offers, so things like Britain's Got Talent, like, we really want to make sure you're on the show because it's such an inspiring story, and you're like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> um, or, like, weird movie offers to audition for films, and I, I don't act, 
like well I act on stage but I've, mm. I've never done any movie acting but it was very much you could see them going through the my sort of agent's books and sort of going oh we're in a trans person for this so I'm hoping that maybe maybe by this point there might be space to be represented in a musical sphere which isn't quite so problematic <laughs> that would be nice yeah no I think that there is well I can't you know, comment so much in the UK, but I feel here in Australia there is an emergence of trans talent. Yes, in you know places like Midsummer and the Melbourne Fringe Festival in particular. Mm-hmm. I can't remember them. Bad account, bad for formerly trained accountant over here. I can't remember exact numbers off the top of my head, but there were huge numbers of trans and gender diverse people participating in the Melbourne Fringe Festival last mm-hmm. year, as per um, a whole range of diversity. And I think people are genuinely wanting those stories, mm. um, which is, you know, just so exciting to see. So I think the time will come. I hope so. I mean, I, I run a trans arts night in London, uh, and my God, the talent that I get to work with. I mean, it, it blows your mind. So, you know, and I am seeing that being, being picked up more. So, you know, my fingers are crossed. I just, I just want more of us celebrated and doing cool shit. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear or not. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, sort of. Um, gosh, and you're, you're younger than me, and you're worried about four, four little words. Anyway, that's a, <laughs> that's a that's a debate for I, the ages. I never know if podcasts. You know, you're, you're sitting there, and I think maybe as well. Um, I don't teach as much as I used to when I was younger. Obviously, you know, being a musician does not pay the bills very well um so most musicians teach and i've been teaching for a very long time um and you uh you have to get very used to not swearing around your little students and then sometimes you forget (laughs) particularly when they've done something great and you're so excited and then you forget and then you become the teacher that says rude words so yeah uh, look um (laughs) a few years ago on 3cr someone dropped and see, this is the thing on 54, and I still have such old-fashioned ideas. They drop the word that begins with C and ends with T, and I don't mean cart as in horse either. <laughs> and there was me panicking, ringing up to 3CR offices on the Monday after the Sunday show, going, oh, what do you, um, oh look, they dropped that word, and they just mm-hmm. laughed at me and said, hey, Sally, this is a feminist station after oh, all. Oh, amazing. Okay, cool. <laughs> in which case, I will stop guarding my tongue quite so much. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, look, I, I am with you. There is so much um, talent out there across all artistic and creative genres mm. and it is good to see it happening um, uh, sort of um, because, yeah, um, just, it's good to see transgender, diverse, non-binary people just in all walks of life. Absolutely. Just literally doing everything. Because, yep. again, we are everywhere. We are every kind of person. Maybe, again, this, you know, again, this funny thing about, oh, it's all new and... Oh, it's only people with certain kinds of haircuts, or you have to have this many piercings. You're thinking, oh, come on, you know. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine, oh, I don't know, maybe this won't make other people laugh as much as I do, um, but she was talking about sort of portrayals of trans people in the media about obviously it's either monstering trans people, mm-hmm. or often it's very much like you have to be super, super young and trendy. And she was saying, well, what about us, the ordinary potato people? <laughs> <laughs> You know, the boring, you know, it's just, and I, I just loved that because again, you think the transgender and that often comes into my head when I'm like sorting the, the laundry or, um, you know, sort of scrubbing the oven. You think, oh, transgender today is, 
deal with the fact you haven't cleaned the oven for two years. <laughs> well, you, you, I, I agree. And I, I can never remember if there's an overall name for this, but it's those memes that have six blocks. You know, what people think trans is. Oh, I um, love it. Yeah. You know, what other, some people think and then what we really do. And, and as you say, mm. we're cleaning the oven or folding the laundry because, hey, we've got to wear clothes and... Well, mm-hmm. eating is a nice thing. You know, yeah, we like you know, to cook, all that sort of stuff. Quite good. And, you know, absolutely still want to smash the patriarchy. That's, you've, you've, you know, we've, we've definitely settled on that as a thing for today. But, you know, smash the patriarchy. Some point I'd like to get a dog. Uh, I would also like to, Sundays, Sundays in bed with my partner drinking coffee and, and you know, Yep. Reading Reddit, that's also pretty good. Well, absolutely. <laughs> and, well, just to be really diverse, you know, over here we are chilling out, watching and listening to the WWE network. But <laughs> seeing we're really diverse. Um, and I'd better... T- I, yes, and um, yay Rhea Ripley, but um, <laughs> who's um, the, now the NXT, as we speak, the NXT Women's World Champion from Adelaide, South Australia. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> Um, yeah, sort of. There's so many other things you cover in your book, and let, let, I can't remember if actually you did cover trans and sport and exercise. I'm afraid I didn't, and this is uh, this is my eternal shame. Is my father is very very keen on sport. He's very very good at that, and he always hoped that I would follow in his footsteps. Uh, and I didn't. I became a musician who I do. You know, I sw- I love swimming. I love ah. wild swimming. Is something I love more than almost anything else in the entire world. You know, scrambling over rocks and getting down waterfalls and, uh, you know, jumping in, jumping in rivers is my idea of heaven. But I'm not very good at any organised sport. So I'm sorry. I, there are some really great people writing about it and I, I can share resources of people send them to me. But also I can't pretend I know anything. Fair <laughs> enough then. No, that's all right. And look, um, well... Um, you know, I, I, try, I was tried all four, well, four football codes at, in my youth and um, when I was trying to be a, what is it, a beer-drinking, heterosexual, masculine um, male or something and failing on all four counts. <laughs> but um, never really worked, no hand-to-eye coordination, all that sort of thing. But um, I've take, um, taken up swimming in the last two years. Um, and now, not so much rocks and waterfalls, but we'll do that, but... Mm. Um, 20 lap, 50 metre laps of the ball twice a week and it's very soothing and meditative um, mm. for me and I think the main thing is that we just have to find a form of exercise that oh, keeps the energy flowing through our body yeah. and not gets rid of the stale ones so to speak um, which we is all good for anyone but you know the challenges that um, our gender communities can face yeah. are pretty huge so I'm with you on the swim. <laughs> and it can also I mean I took up weightlifting God probably as a teenager actually but sort of seriously about 10 years ago I guess and that again has been so affirming just you know that sense of like no this is my body and I am you know I'm doing things with it admittedly what I'm doing with it is picking something up and putting it down picking it up putting it down but that sense of feeling strong and feeling centered it's yeah it's amazing it's a good thing we absolutely our bodies are ours, and that's something else I wanted to talk about, which I do remember you touched on in Trans Like Me. Just, I feel like I want to ask about it, and that's the issue of um, relationships of all sorts for transgender, diverse, non-binary, including intimate partner relationships, because this is something that perhaps you know sometimes gets ignored um, or perhaps looked at in not a complete lens, mm. you know, sort of... Um, 
people see trans and gender diverse unless someone is really very, we'll say, attracted to more than one gender. Let's not split hairs on labels on that mm. front. You know, that pe- trans people don't fit one gender or the other. So if you're, say, gay or lesbian or heterosexual, you don't quite fit, so just you're instantly off the list mm. when you might be a really nice person. And But also there's challenges within relationships at times for trans and gender diverse people, but let's stick with our balance of the challenges and the positive um, trans and gender diverse people see through the phoniness of gender binaries and can make great partners. Let's, um, what do you, you know, let's just recap some thoughts there. Oh, God, I mean, that's a huge, huge subject of debate, I guess. Yeah. Well, not so much debate, I guess, discussion and, and life experience. Um, I mean, something, I guess, one of the things I find really sad is the number of cis people who are attracted to trans people. And again, why not? Saying, I'm not attracted to trans people. You're like, what? All the millions and millions of different people in the world who come in all kinds of Mm. bodies and all kinds of, for want of a better word, souls and not a single one of, you know. So, but I have met many, many cis people who, who are attracted to people who are trans, not because they're trans, but because, you know, they're attracted to, to, person Z or person Y mm. and then can't cope with it yeah. and that's something that I've sort of certainly dealt with quite a lot certainly in my sort of <clears throat> 20s um, and particularly early 20s was just having to deal with people's insecurities you know they would it was the whole it's the drunken it's the drunken come on and then the morning after so you know the drunken message oh you know I really oh, it, uh, and then the next day no, 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 I was just drunk. And you're thinking, mm. okay, fine, but, you know, you don't seem very happy with yourself. Or mm. certainly the one which I include in Trans Like Me is, again, as a, as a genderqueer person, people um, who had previously considered themselves, <clears throat> you know, a cis gay man or a cis gay woman or a cis straight man or a cis straight woman saying, I want you but why are you confusing me? Why must you be so confusing? And you think, well, if you're confused, I'm sorry that you're confused, but that's on you. <laughs> that's <laughs> really... And, and, you know, I don't want to be with someone who's confused about wanting me. I want someone who is 100% there about wanting me, and I want to be 100% there about wanting them. So if you are confused, go take some time, go think about it. But I don't... That's not to do with me. Like, just, just go work your own stuff out. Um, and I, I, that's something I find quite common is that sort of, oh God, I'm attracted to a trans person. Oh God, what does that mean? Oh, I know that that means I can be aggressive towards that trans person, or I can be cruel to that trans person, or I can just play hot and cold with that trans person. Oh God. Or fetishize the trans person. Oh Lord. Hashtag blood pressure moment there again. Oh my God. And you know, I think we all have those moments and you know, you just... I mean, I do find that funny. One of the things I got um, from some people before I sort of took any physical transition steps was no one will be attracted to you anymore. And, you know, I really did believe that for quite a long time. It really got hammered into me. Mm. Um, And I was very scared of of not, you know, not being loved by anyone. And then, you know, by that point... And then, of course, you realise that people... Oh, they're not going to love you, they're not going to love you. Um, and you might as well make yourself happy. So I did. And then, you know, after sort of physical transition steps that I took, suddenly all these chases come out of the woodwork. Oh. <laughs> You're thinking, oh God, you know, people are gonna, still going to be attracted to you, but some of them are pretty awful people. 
Yeah. But some pretty great people as well. So, no, I, I feel very lucky. My partner and I have now been together for six years, and uh, I don't want to jinx anything, so I, I was going to touch wood, but touch I think this wood, might yes. be some kind of, like, veneer or sort of... It, who knows what this sort of blackboard is, but no. Uh, and I think there's wood on the there, rim of the There table. we are. There's yeah. wood somewhere, though. Yeah. Um, no, and I just... You know, it is entirely possible to be with someone, either someone trans or someone cis, or maybe someone who, you know, doesn't know which one of those things they are, or maybe they complicate those terms and just be happy. Yeah. You know, it's not... <laughs> it, it makes me very sad that that scene is a remarkable thing. Yeah. Um, and, and again, you know, not trying to... You know, we can have all kinds of different relationships. We can be in monogamous relationships, or we can be in polyamorous relationships. We can be in sexual or non-sexual relationships. But, you know, I think love is a pretty constant, whether that's platonic or romantic. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. Oh. Uh, we got to about polyamorous relationships. Um, well, just, you know, again, it, it saddens me that it should be remarkable to say this, but that trans people can be in any kind of relationship they choose to be in, whether that's monogamous or polyamorous or sexual or non-sexual or romantic or non-romantic. And just like any other human being, you know, and we deserve to be loved, we deserve to be happy, however that love is expressed and however, you know, platonically or romantically it's felt, but to be in community, to be with other people and to be valued and Mm. cared for and to value and care for other people. It's not a a pity parade, it's not one-sided, it's it's that interdependent community of of humanity. Yep, Um, people loving each yeah. other safely, consensually, etc. Exactly. Basics, yeah. And, you know, squabbling over the washing up. And, <laughs> you know, I bring it back to those boring... Mm. But again, you know, it maybe, you know, you see so much, so much in terms of cis depictions of trans relationships in the media. And again, you know, thinking of some really bad films and some really bad TV shows where everything is all about sexual, you know, oh my God, the forbidden sexual desire, and the, oh, it's also terrible, Mm. and oh, what would the family think? And, you know, okay, fine, we can have those things too, those things can be real issues, Um, but there is also the mundane element of, oh, I, you know, I made you a cup of tea, don't spill it, and, you know, whose family are we going to this weekend, oh, I don't know, you know, who's who's as furthest away, I... Maybe I like mundanity. I think it's interesting. Well, I think that you know, any person just has the right, you know, it comes back to person has the right to be themselves so long as they're not harming anyone else. Exactly. If you want to be mundane, you want to be out there. You want to be Why not mix it round both? You know? All bits of both. Um, all that sort of stuff. Mm. That's the main thing. So, um, gosh, um, Anything else that we haven't covered, I suppose, at this point? Oh, oh. God, I don't know. Because <laughs> um, we've covered music and we've covered, you know, some of the trans issues. I mean, and we covered the fact that you are a person who likes to, to swim to get some exercise. And you know, <laughs> so I think it was Brer Rabbit said, keep the breath going through your body or something like that. It's probably good for me to get out from behind the piano at some points because I do get a bit hunched. Uh, sort of sitting there like a, a sort of Quasimodo figure. Um, so yes, it's good for me to remember there are other th- the outside exists. So yeah, but uh, uh, I mean, I think 
one of the things which you know obviously depending on when this goes out but but looking at the sort of the better together conference is something i would really like to focus on when it comes to trans politics is questions of power and what we can do about it there was a beautiful paper and i'm afraid i can't remember the name because i i have had very little sleep <laughs> that's all right traveling but talking about the way you know in a society and societies which aren't so healthy we often think about power in terms of power over right we have yeah. power over other people and there was this great paper about power in trans communities being power with and power within the self mm. and how do we really own our own power and then the power that we can have as a collective and i think that's something i would love to see us talk a little bit more about because we are so disempowered um you know for someone like myself you know i have white privilege i'm middle class and i still am disempowered in many ways mm. there are many other people disempowered to a, a far greater extent and yet we still have power within ourselves and we can have power collectively in our communities and i would love to see um greater exploration of that a greater owning of that and a greater um sense of helping each other find that because particularly when the world is turning around and saying no you can't no you can't no you can't you know you shouldn't exist you're not allowed here i think we need desperately to find ways that we can empower ourselves and by that i don't mean this kind of like oh i feel so empowered as a sort of silly throwaway phrase phrase but a, a really deep sense of what resources do you have and how can you use them to to really bring about the best in your life and in other people's lives i think we owe it to each other yeah and what have we got we've all got something unique every person including every trans and gender diverse and non-binary person so um, how can we use that to benefit others and I mean to me my personal thing my definition of leadership is transference of strength to other people mm -hmm. so we all have that potential for leadership we've all got something to offer mm -hmm. um, you know and I think that is I think that is a fair thing and I know one author who does I know who I have read who does talk about um rather getting away from power over but power across is um, Janet Hardy and Dossie Easton talk about that in their books um, on um, sex positivity okay. um, amongst uh, amongst others but I don't think that's probably the book you mean but I don't think it is it was definitely a paper and it was a paper about trans communities but for the life of me my brain is gone we can maybe uh, if you google trans you know trans communities power with and power within maybe you will find something we'll find it we'll and find we'll um edit it in afterwards or something amazing thank um, you more fourth wall breaking but i don't care <laughs> this is live radio people of all genders it's not pre-recorded at all pre-recorded pre-recorded but maybe again you know i do a lot of work with teenagers still and it breaks my heart when you have kids who are being told within their school systems that you know shut up put up don't be that don't be that no you can't no you can't and i want to find a way that we can say to these kids yes you can you know you absolutely can you have a right to you are perfect just as you are you do not need to conform to other people's ideas you just have to be a kind honest human being like everybody else and find out who you are and be the best you can be you know everyone deserves that and i i want to find a way that we can reach more people and and 
let them know that they're enough. You've actually hit on a question that I was going to ask. What would be one of the things you'd like to see for the future? So that's great. Tele- <laughs> Given how jet lagged you are, that's great telepathic answer. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I think you've hit on something that I know for me that when I see trans young people, um, you know, out there, people like um, we have here, Georgie Stone, who's now starring in one of our um, primetime soaps, Neighbours, and has now been won a permanent contract awesome. as a 19-year-old who's playing a trans character. Oh, wow. Evie MacDonald, who's in a show, who was in a short sort of one-off show called First Day, and that's now going to be made in a series for ABC, and, of course, going wider, Jazz Jennings in America, Kim mm. Petras, who are, we'll say, some of the relatively well-known younger trans people mm. around the world. Um, maybe we'll, we'll see if we can do some hooking up there, I think, mm. um, net, networks, networks, um, because I think there are just so many fantastic young trans people. And I know for me that, for me, when I see those people, everything that I went through as a 54-year-old was not in vain because it was, mm. to me, it was almost unheard of that you'd have young trans people, say, 10 years ago. Of course, they were there. They just weren't out and visible. Mm. And now to see people like that, it's like every time I hear them, hear of them doing something awesome, it is just like there's a little bit more catharsis for me. And so I think that, yeah, getting young trans people out there and then having to go through less unloading of baggage later mm. on has got to be a good thing. Absolutely. So I think we'll, we'll do some off-air, off-air mm. networking on that. I actually think, given that um, we've got, I just think that's, a lovely note to finish on that I think there is, for all the challenges we discussed, there is hope for the future where every trans person will have total choice about how, in inverted commas, in or out they want. They mm. can be themselves in all of their total skills and attributes. Mm. And, you know, what you're doing through your um, music and your advocacy and everything is achieving that. Mm. So, Sam, we're all doing it together. We are. And, you know, if we can find ways to do it more effectively, I think there is so much to be talked about, about sharing information, mm. um, not only across, say, and I totally agree that a trans person of colour and in Australia someone who is of you know, Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander background will have it worse than myself who is not Aboriginal. Mm. I think there's that angle. But I also think there's much to be learned about sharing across, you know, national boundaries. And we've Absolutely. got this... Um, wacky fandangled thing called internet and social media which can be used for good and not evil purposes Mm. Robin so (laughs) I think we've got to find more ways to do that and it's just great when people like yourself you know come to Australia because we get to talk about and think oh we can do that so let's do it thank you I honestly I just feel so so lucky to be asked so thank you so much See you, Lester. A pleasure having you on Out of the Pan on 3CR today. Thanks so much for your time. And, um, well, we'll see if we can um, get the TARDIS working so you can avoid jet lag or something <laughs> for the next time you come <laughs> in here. Greatly appreciated. Thank you. I go pling. I just need to press the red button. Ah. There we are. What a fantastic advocate. Cian Lester is so talented, so broad thinking, so creative. Um, you know, it's people like that that we know transgender, diverse, non-binary people face many challenges, but we know when you've got the passion and creativity and lateral thinking of Cian Lester going in 
to the cause, we know we can keep moving forward and we will get to what we truly deserve, which is, of course, the total justice and equity that is the right of every human being, regardless of any attribute. A pleasure to chat with C.N. Lester. Thank you for uh, your company in listening to Out of the Pan for this special broadcast. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week.